0: drama, it feeds my soul Give me that conflama, especially if it's old Give me all that drama made to last Give me all that drama straight up out of the past Give me all that drama straight up out of
1: Hello and welcome to episode six of Dead Drama. I've just been watching um, Boris Johnson on the teller, just mumbling his way through questions, not really knowing anything about life. And I realised that my hair and his hair are starting to look quite similar, my isolation hair. And I was actually starting to feel quite fine about my hair until my friend Beth saw it, When we went on like a isolated walk, don't worry, wasn't stood right next to each other. And um, she saw me and just started laughing at my hair, the bitch. One of my best friends, Holly, she's a nurse and I woke up the other morning and I'd only just woke up so I completely forgot everything that was going on. I like kept ringing her and she texts me saying, oh, I'm at work, what's wrong? And then I was like, oh no, for a split second I forgot that she's a nurse dealing with all this stuff and I only rang her to tell her about a weird dream I had where me and her went to go and see Spice Girls but there was only 20 people in the audience and there was only Baby Spice and Scary Spice there and Scary Spice was like oh fuck it well we'll do the show anyway and then she was in a really bad mood and for some reason my friend Holly farted on my head and then I had to help her take her sock off. It was just a random dream and I know dreams are really boring when people tell you the dreams and people People hate that but you know she's one of my best friends and I had a dream about fighting on my head so I thought she'd want to know so then I was like trying to ring her and then she was like no I'm at work and I forgot oh my god she's actually got a really hard life at the moment I'm interrupting her really hard busy day where she's working as a nurse working with people with COVID-19 and she's got those masks on and the whole costume and she's fucking sweating loads in the hospital dead uncomfortable and i keep belling a her phone just so i can tell her that she farted on my head in a dream i felt a bit embarrassed to be honest i thought it'd be really nice because i had a memory of me and my mum when i was younger and it was just us two so i thought it'd be really nice to tell her and it was she said oh i was thinking about that same memory which is weird the memory was of my first concert that my mum took me to. I was seven years old. It was 1999. And we went to see David Cassidy. If you don't know who David Cassidy is, is a bit like, he's like a lower rent Donny Osmond. And if you don't know who Donny Osmond is, then you seriously need help because you should know who Donny Osmond is. But David Cassidy was this like sex bomb in the 70s. All the girls like fancied him and he used to sing and stuff like that. David Cassidy was like a 1970s version of Justin Bieber but without the shit tattoos and the bad attitude. He just had like a mushroom haircut and some flares. And he had a few bangers that I listened to when I was growing up. And my mum took me when I was seven. It was at the Apollo in Manchester. And it was just me surrounded by thousands of middle-aged women who were losing the shit. Like, I'd never seen mums act like that. I was just a little boy and you used to seeing the mums being, you know, like acting like a mum and I'm just surrounded by all these women going absolutely crazy. I remember the woman a couple of seats across like throwing a bra And I was like, wow, this is crazy. And I remember looking up at my own mum, who was basically foaming at the mouth over David Cassidy. And he didn't age that well. By this point, he just looked like a bloke. He was just a bloke with an average singing voice. But all these girls were like going fucking crazy for it. And then another little boy who was a couple rows in front of us. He got taken on the stage to sing with David Cassidy and this boy was about the same age as me and I remember being absolutely fuming because the boy was acting like dead shy and just wasn't really going for it and I was so annoyed that he got the opportunity to sing in front of thousands of people with David Cassidy and he didn't even give it his all. I walked out of the Apollo seven years old just full of rage because I wanted to sing with David Cassidy So, today's episode is of Vlad the Impaler. It was a real life inspiration for Dracula. I love Twilight. Not really got anything to do with anything I'm about to say, but I just thought I'd throw it out there. I love Twilight. I love anything vampires. I used to love vampire diaries but then I think it got a bit shit but luckily they did a spin-off called the originals and it's on Netflix, watch it. It's about the first ever vampires and it's this family of vampires and the main one, Klaus, he's a piece of shit, a horrible bastard, but you love him anyway and he's so so sexy. I used to love Van Helsing, but again that was because it had Kate Beckinsale in it. Kate Beckinsale in Underworld, which I think I've spoken about on this before. Kate Beckinsale, when she was in Van Helsing, she does this crazy, like, backflip off a house onto a tree and then she smacks her head but still lands on her feet. I mean, what a woman. And the Dracula in that was actually really handsome. I don't know who the actor is, but I do know he was a guy in A League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Again, again, that had a gorgeous vampire in it. This woman, she was sexy. I very, I just love the whole gothic vampire sort of shit. Um, I, I watch loads of stuff like that but Vlad the Impaler obviously wasn't a real vampire. He was a real life person. His date of birth isn't completely known. It's a bit of a guess but we know he was born between 1428 and 1431. Vlad's dad was also called Vlad. Um, so Vlad's dad was Vlad the Second, and Vlad we're talking about is Vlad the Third, right? So to save confusion, when I say Vlad the Second, I'm talking about his dad. When I say just Vlad, I'm talking about Vlad, right? Cracking. So Vlad the Second was the Prince of Wallachia. Again, if you've listened to this podcast before. If you listen to the Catherine the Great one, you know that sometimes I might say it wrong. I do think it is Valachia. It's spelt with a W though, but from what the documentary people are saying, we're going off Valachia. And I'm sorry if that offends anyone, but I'm pretty sure it was Valachia. Vlad II joined this organisation called the Order of the Dragon. And then they gave him a surname as Dracul. So he was Vlad Dracul. But if you translate that into modern day Romanian, it's like the devil. But back then it meant dragon. And his son, Vlad, he became Vlad Dracula. And Dracula was son of the dragon. So that's where the name Dracula came from. So this was set in the 1400s where life was just absolutely brutal and this whole story of Vlad the Impaler he is one of the most evil fucking bastards you're ever gonna hear of so if you're easily triggered maybe skip this one you know well his nickname is Vlad the Impaler it's not Vlad the Tickler or Vlad the Good Hugger it's Vlad the Impaler so he used to impale people Vlad II bounced onto the throne in 1436, then he took his son Vlad and Vlad's younger brother Radu with him to the royal court, and when they were there, the two boys, they were taught by Greek and Roman scholars, and back then like the royals they used to fight as well they didn't just used to hide and let all the soldiers fight for them they would have done a really intensive like warrior training they would have taught them politics and history and languages, but they also would have taught him how to fucking kick the shit out of people. Vlad II was outed by a royal group of people who were working with the Hungarians and then he lost his point on the throne. And the Sultan, the head of the Ottoman Empire, he agreed to help Vlad II and he said that, right, well, we'll get you back in charge of Wallachia, but if I'm going to help you... I want your two children to stay here and we'll educate them because then I know you're not going to do any funny business and try and fuck me over. And basically, just took um, Radu and Vlad as an insurance policy. So then Vlad II retook control of Wal- Walasia. I keep calling it Wallaca. I think it's Walasia. It's Wallacia. I just get so like, ooh, with words I don't know. Um, Wallacia. While the two boys were... In the Ottoman royal court where they was being kept, they were educated in Turkish language and they taught them the Quran and Radu, the younger brother, he really took to this and he converted to Islam and he ended up serving for the Ottoman court and Vlad rejected this because he was Christian and he didn't want to convert to Islam and him and Radu really fell out over it. I think Vlad thought that Radu has betrayed where he's come from but Radu was younger and they were both really young while this was going on but Radu just said no I I believe in Islam, and that's it. The reason the Ottoman Empire wanted the boys is because they knew that one day one of them would become the leader of Wallachia, and they thought, well, if we, you know, get them while they're young and we get them loyal to us, we can kind of use them as puppets and we can take control of that kingdom as well, because the Ottoman Empire, they were fucking ballers and back in the day. They had their control of loads of places, loads of Europe, loads of, like, Asia. They were fucking smashing it. In 1448, Vlad's dad was killed, Vlad II, Yet he was murdered. And then the Ottoman Empire said to Vlad, right, now your dad's dead. We're gonna go and help you get Wallachia back. You know, you can be in control, but you kind of still have to do what we tell you, because you're our puppet, we've helped you get this, we've raised you for the last couple of years, we've taught you loads of stuff you know, we've helped teach you how to fight, and as well, the Ottoman Empire, they used to be brutal, so they used to just like, fucking rip people in half and shit when someone did something they disagreed with that's where vlad saw loads of this stuff because he used to go and watch public executions and then i think that's where he got a real taste for you know if someone doesn't do what you say you rip them in half and then everyone else will go all right i'm doing what i'm told otherwise i'll get ripped in half so a couple of years go by vlad the impaler is now in charge. is the prince of Wallachia and all that. Wallachia. 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 Let's just call it the big W. I don't don't want to offend anyone by calling it the big W. I just can't pronounce it right. So now Vlad's in charge of the big W, but he, he says to the Ottoman Empire, do you know what? Fuck you. I'm ruling on my own. You've helped me get my kingdom, but meh. No, I'm in charge. And then while he's in charge, he really gives the kingdom a whole facelift. He builds watchtowers, forts. And he has underground tunnels. He makes it ready for battle because he knows that the Ottoman Empire are going to come and they're going to fuck him in the ass because he's not done what he's told. And they're going to try and get that kingdom for themselves because they took over loads of kingdoms. They were known for it. Vlad does this thing where he gets all the noblemen of... Um, the big W to come to his house and he was like, right, how many princes have been on the throne since you've been a nobleman? How many princes have you seen? And some of them are like, God, there's been 12 leaders of this kingdom while I've been here. There's been 13 leaders of this kingdom. And because leaders were not there for long because they used to be betrayed, like his dad was betrayed. Vlad thought well I can't trust any of you because you've all seen so many people come and go but you're still here he invited him for this dinner but as soon as he started to say this he was like I can't trust any of you fuckers so he arrests them all the oldest ones he impales them straight away they all get impaled stuck on big sticks ...to scare the younger ones... ...and then the younger ones go into slavery... ...to help him finish building one of his castles... ...and then as soon as he finished building that... ...he killed them all... And then he chose his own nobleman. So instead of all these families that were there for hundreds and hundreds of years with different lines, he was like, no, none of you can be trusted. That's a very rare thing to do. People don't do that. He was like, no, going to fucking kill you all. I'm going to choose my own royal court. I mean, it's evil just fucking slaughtering all those people. But choosing your own royal court, it's quite clever because they're less likely to stab you in your back. So when Vlad was the ruler, he was an evil piece of shit and he scared everybody in the kingdom because that's how he ruled. He ruled by fear and any rule that was broken, he'd just impale them and that's where he got Vlad the Impaler. And he'd leave people out on the streets to be a lesson for other people and he was really big on anyone breaking the rules when it came to sex before marriage or adultery, especially women, it was more at women. He basically just treated women like shit. And if a woman had an affair, he would have him skinned alive and then the body would be left out in the town hall to, like, scare all the other women. And if a woman lost her virginity before she was married... She would be impaled, but he would do it from like, oh, this is horrible, I'm so sorry. She'd be impaled, but he'd be inserted through like a vagina and then they would chop off the breasts and the man that took this woman's virginity before she would married would be forced to eat her breasts, which is just vile. Lazy women would have their hands chopped off and then their hands would be put all around the town to scare all the women from not being lazy so imagine you just had one nap i did it the other day i was had a nap by accident do you know when you just get out the bathroom you've got a load of stuff to do and you're like right and then you just sit down for a minute and then you wake up two hours later covering dribble happens to the best of us if you did that by accident and got caught you just get your fucking hands chopped off He's a terrible place to live. He was a horrible ruler and he just ruled by fear and just impaling people. There was a thing saying that he left like really extravagant metal cups in all of the towns of the kingdom in the middle of the town and people could like drink from the cup but no one could steal it and no one ever stole it and it was like some sort of mental game to remind them that he was there and that it's his kingdom and that royal cup represented him and that's why no one dared steal it because they know they would just get absolutely killed. He didn't just have people impaled. He would do it himself as well. And he loved watching it. He was really fucking weird. This is where, like, the whole Dracula thing comes into it. The whole vampire stuff is because there was a rumour. But on one of them, they said, no, that didn't happen. But on most of the things that I got the information from, they was like, it did happen. But there was this one American guy who seemed to love him a little bit too much was like, no, that didn't happen. But he was really in his corner where everyone else was like, he was a piece of shit. He was like, I think he was misunderstood. I'm like, I think you need therapy. So there's this story of Vlad the Impaler having his tea, just eating some food. Surrounding him were just fucking loads of corpses impaled and it stunk and there was just blood dripping down. And this is where the whole vampire stuff comes in. He would dip bread in the blood, like the blood would be caught in bowls, and he would like dip the bread in the blood and eat it, but we don't know if that was true, he was definitely an evil bastard, but I don't know if he was sopping up blood, but he might have done, nothing else he did seemed normal, so it's very possible that he did sop up blood, and it probably would have been more of a fair thing to scare people, but like, God, he eats blood, that's why he probably would have done it if he did do it, But the story is, he's there sopping up this blood with the bread and this Polish nobleman came to have a meeting with him and he put his finger to his nose and Vlad was like, what's wrong with you? And he said, oh, I'm sorry. It's just the smell of all these bodies is a bit much. And he went, oh, oh, all right. I'll be able to help you out. He impaled him and he stuck him on a bigger stick so he was higher up and he said, oh, well, if you're up there, you're getting the breeze and you won't smell all the disgusting smells that we're smelling down here. I mean, what an evil fucking bastard. It's like if someone says your house is a mess, you get a bit offended so you want to bog wash him. Kind of like that. Vlad knew that the Ottoman Empire were on the way. He knew that they were going to come and try and take the big W away from him. And he was fuming about that. So he prepared a big army and he had all of his army on the borders. And there was a little battle and I think Vlad was losing so he drew back a little bit. And then the Sultan, the head of the Ottoman Empire, sent two of his own ambassadors to vlad's camp to you know try and come up with a peace treaty or try and come up with some sort of negotiation and then vlad asked these two ambassadors to take the turbans off and they said oh no thank you we don't believe we should take our turbans off in our religion we we keep them on we don't really show our bare heads and then vlad was like oh all right then and then nailed these turbans to these two Ambassador Z's. And then sent them back to the leader, the Sultan of the Ottoman Empire. Who was fuming that he did this. Saying how disrespectful it was. How disgusting it was. As well before I carry on. In one of the documentaries, one of the men kept saying. Oh, he kept asking him to take the hats off. Take the hats off. And it was and everyone else was saying turbans, because they were wearing turbans, but this bloke were like, yeah, they kept asking them to take their hats off inside, just take your hats off inside, it's a bit rude, and I was shocked that the people who made this documentary didn't correct the bloke to be saying, can you not say it's a hat, it's a bit offensive, it's a turban, because the documentary wasn't even that old, I'm just so shocked that, they kept that bloke in and he kept saying it over and over. Oh, you know, the hats, the hats. He was saying hats so much that I thought he was making a point. It was quite awkward. I felt quite eggy just watching it. like, ooh, uh, ooh. Just an old white man calling a turban a hat. It just felt a bit strange. So anyway, these two ambassadors go back to the Sultan with the turbans nailed into their heads. The Sultan's like, God, this is Beyond disrespectful, this is absolutely disgusting. And the Ottoman Empire had three times the amount of soldiers than Vlad did, and they all just started charging towards him. So now Vlad and his army is on the run from the Ottoman Empire. So he's racing to get back to the capital because he's built like fortresses there and he knows he's a lot safer there. But on the way to slow the Ottoman Empire down and the Sultan, what he started doing is burning all the food and villages down. He poisoned all the water, like all the wells and stuff like that. Just has no respect for his own kingdom. Just like, fuck it. So he burned all of the places that they could get food. All of the food shops. He said he said all the food stores. I doubt there was an Asta, And he started burning the earth so they couldn't eat anything that was grown from the earth. He was one of the most evil people that has ever lived. No regard for one single person at all. So he gets back to the capital where he's a lot stronger. He's got a lot more stuff there. The first wave of the Ottomans Empire turn up to battle him. And Vlad the Impaler wins this first wave of the battle. And he defeats their soldiers. But what he does next, you can't even imagine it. When this was saying what he did, it's hard to vision it. It's ridiculous. So with all these dead soldiers of the ottoman empire to scare off the second and third wave that had come through to fight him he impaled all of them there was thousands thousands and thousands of dead bodies just on sticks in the middle of this forest just outside the capital and that's the only way for them to get to him And there was 23,000 soldiers impaled like a fucking garden center of dead people. So the Sultan saw 20,000 of his old men impaled and it shit him up. He was like, fucking, I'm not going there. So then he sent Radu, Vlad's brother, he said, if you go through and you defeat your brother, I'll make sure you're the king of the big W. And that would be great for the Ottoman Empire because Radu has already converted to Islam. He already does what the Sultan says. He's already in their pocket. So so in the Sultan's mind, Radu's a perfect man to become the leader of the big W. Because he'll do what he's told So Radu and his men go through this forest of dead people and they go to the Castle Dracula where Vlad is hiding. And they go in and they absolutely kill everyone. They scorch the place and they take over and Vlad is on the run and he's gone. But while Vlad was in hiding, he was captured by the King of Hungary, so one of his other enemies, and he was imprisoned for 12 years. But then... The King of Hungary knew that the Ottoman Empire were trying to take over Hungary. So he released Vlad and said, Right, I'll release you. Sorry for locking you up for 12 years. Me and you, team together. Let's get you back in control of the big W. And then we're going to go find the Sultan and we're going to take over the Ottoman Empire. Let's fucking do this. But while all this was going on, Radu ended up dying anyway. But the King of Hungary did help Vlad secure his place back on the throne. And then as soon as Vlad was back in control, obviously everybody in the kingdom was like, No, not this dickhead again. He's horrible. But luckily for them, he was killed. A few months later, his body was found just outside of the capital and he was decapitated. No head. Absolutely no head. And the rumours are that it was the Sultan's personal assassins from the Ottoman Empire who have just sneaked in, grabbed Vlad and then just chopped his head off. And then, this is weird, this is a rumour but his head was rumoured to have been taken to the Sultan and his head was kept in a jar of honey. To keep it from going mouldy and honourable. I bet if you were the queen bee in that hive. You'd be fuming that all your worker bees have been getting honey for ages. And then they've just gone and put a guy's head in it. That'd be weird. I hope no one used it after on like some Weetabix or anything. I bet they did though. I bet they probably did. So that's Vlad the Impaler. One of the most evil people that have ever lived. I know I keep going on about it, but if you can tell other people, that'd be great. The more people listening, the more I feel like I'm doing something worthwhile. But yeah, thanks for listening to Dead Drama. I hope you all have a lovely week. My name's Josh Jones. Thank you. Bye. Bye, 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 bye.
0: I love drama. It feeds my soul. Give me that conflama, especially if it's old Give me all that drama made to last Give me all that drama straight up out of the past Give me all that drama straight up out of